This is Nuclear Explained. Welcome to Nuclear Explained. The convergence of the climate crisis and energy crisis have highlighted the need for clean and reliable sources of energy. In this episode, we will focus on nuclear power and its role in addressing both crises. I'm your host, Joanne Liu. Globally, temperatures have increased by about 1.15 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. And the past eight years have been the warmest on record, according to the World Meteorological Organization. While natural factors influence climate, scientists agree human activities are the main drivers of climate change. Burning fossil fuels like coal, oil, and gas generates emissions such as carbon dioxide, which traps heat and leads to higher temperatures. Amid climate change and the soaring price of energy, countries around the world are considering low-carbon energy options, including renewables and nuclear. Having a non-weather-dependent, you know, completely green, reliable form of energy generation that can be cheap enough means that there will really uh, have to be some nuclear in that equation. In this episode, we will hear from Bill Gates about nuclear going hand-in-hand hand with renewables. And to begin, I speak with an expert to learn about the world's transition to low-carbon energy sources and how nuclear fits in this transition. My name is Henri Payer. I'm the head of the Planning and Economic Studies section here at the IAEA. We hear a lot of talk, especially around climate change, about the clean energy transition as well as net zero goals. What do these terms mean? So the clean energy transition uh, basically means moving away from a fossil-dominated energy system. If we want to, to maintain uh, global warming limited to 1.5 degrees, which is uh, what the Paris Agreement calls for, we have to ensure that the energy system, which is our main source of greenhouse gas emissions, becomes carbon neutral around the middle of the century, so 2050. Um, and for that to happen, we need, we need to bring in as many low carbon technologies as possible to substitute uh, fossil fuels. Net zero goals means either having technologies that don't emit any CO2, like uh, renewables, like nuclear, like hydro, or uh, you could allow some uh, uh, levels of emissions, but they need to be compensated by perhaps carbon capture or uh, uh, technologies to absorb the CO2 from the atmosphere. So by 2050, we want to be at net zero. Where do we stand today? Progress towards a clean energy system is, is slow. We have only uh, uh, 30 years or even less to, 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 to decarbonize completely our energy systems. 60% or more of our electricity is still uh, dom dominated by fossil fuels. So we're, we're still fa far from, uh, from decarbonizing uh, um, our, our energy systems. There are two steps. One is we need to electrify as much as possible our, our economy, electrify transport, electrify heating and cooling in buildings. Uh, and we need to make sure that the electricity that's used is uh, as uh, decarbonized as possible. So this means huge investments in uh, generation, in wind and solar, but also nuclear. And nuclear power is the second source of low carbon power globally behind hydro. 
and uh, wind and solar are catching up. And to be honest, the nuclear generation has not uh, increased over the last decade, uh, and its share has even decreased to just under 10% today. Uh, still, there are signs that uh, um, nuclear is on the rebound. There's uh, increased interest of, uh, in uh, nuclear power, and there are expectations that uh, nuclear could perhaps double by the, the middle of the century, or maybe even more. Why is nuclear considered a secure source of energy? The current energy crisis has made us and, and policymakers and, and governments rediscover the attributes of uh, nuclear power, in particular the fact that it has stable electricity production costs. The cost of nuclear power does not depend very much on the cost of fuel, of, of the uranium fuel, contrary to coal or gas uh, electricity generation, which are very dependent on the, on the cost of those fossil fuels and, and very volatile. Um, and nuclear power contributes to the security of energy supply because, first of all, the fuel, the uranium, uh, the uranium resources are spread around the world. Uranium fuel for the nuclear power plants can be stored on site to cover several years of uh, electricity production. This is very different from uh, fossil plants that require the, the regular transport and delivery of fuel to, to the plants. Um, nuclear power does not depend on the weather. Uh, it can run 24-7 and 365 days a year. Um, nuclear is a dispatchable, flexible source of uh, energy, and it can be the backbone of the low-carbon energy systems with uh, high shares of renewables. So it's a, it's a complementary uh, source uh, that, that does provide that secure energy that, that is needed. So it's complementary to renewables. You also mentioned that it's dispatchable and flexible. What do you mean by that? We know that renewables, uh, such as wind or solar, only generate when there's wind or when there's sun, uh, whereas a dispatchable source uh, can generate whenever it's, uh, the energy is needed. Um, so uh, nuclear power, which is essentially a baseload uh, technology which can produce all the time, it's flexible because you can also adapt the output of the power plants to meet uh, the demand in case there is, uh, for example, a lot of sun a lot of wind uh, power uh, getting into the system. So there is flexibility also in the operation of nuclear power plants. What is baseload capacity and why is nuclear considered a source of baseload electricity? Precisely for the reason that it can run 24-7 all the time at full power. And uh, actually most of the nuclear power plants around the world are operating in baseload uh, uh, mode uh, with the very high capacity factors. Uh, actually. Uh, nuclear power plants are among the generation technologies that have the highest capacity factors, uh, over 90% in a lot of countries. And how does this compare to other sources of energy? Wind and uh, solar are, have much lower capacity factors. Wind onshore, uh, maybe around 25%. Uh, depending, It's very site-dependent, of course. Uh, offshore wind uh, farms have higher capacity factors because uh, out in the sea, uh, wind blows more regularly, but uh, still uh, uh, much, much below uh, the, the, the capacity factors that you can get from nuclear power plants. And another factor is cost. How does the cost of nuclear compare to our current majority sources, fossil fuels, and then renewables? That's a, a, a very important question. There are two answers to that. Uh, first, for the existing nuclear power plants, uh, there is a recognition that they actually produce 
uh, for those plants that have, have been fully amortized. Uh, they are the cheapest source of low-carbon electricity um, uh, around. So extending the lifetime of an, an existing uh, nuclear power plant makes a lot of sense uh, from an economic point of view because the, the generation costs are so low. For new nuclear, the costs are much higher and uh, higher in general than, than wind and solar. Uh, the cost of uh, wind and solar have uh, dropped uh, tremendously in the last decade, in particular due to, to its massive uh, deployment and, uh, and scale effects in, in, in the production. Uh, here we're talking about uh, the levelized cost of electricity. The levelized cost of electricity, which is the cost of generating electricity at the at the level of the plant uh, is, is an important metric, um, but it's not the only one. When uh, designing uh, electricity systems or energy systems, um, one has to take into account the cost of the integration of a particular technology into, into the grid. For example, grid extension, but also uh, uh, energy storage or backup if, if that particular uh, generation technology requires it. When you take into account all the, the system costs, then the picture changes a little bit because having uh, renewables in the grid, you need to account for uh, the backup when the wind doesn't blow or the sun doesn't shine. You need to have energy storage. So all these add up to the costs. What we have found, and some uh, um, countries have uh, found it through their own um, modeling and studies, is that having nuclear power in your mix allows you to um, lower the cost of the transition to, an, uh, lower, uh, to a low carbon energy system. Because you don't need to build as much uh, wind or solar capacity. You so actually from a, a system point of view, uh, even if uh, the cost of generating electricity from nuclear power plant is more expensive than wind and solar. When you integrate it into the whole picture, into the whole system, then having nuclear in the system makes your uh, transition less expensive and also less risky. There's an, also a very important element, which is the, the dependence of, uh, of our low carbon technologies on critical minerals. And nuclear power has an advantage, is that it is one of the low carbon technologies that is least dependent on those critical minerals. So that adds to the security of supply and also makes the transition a little less risky. You're listening to Nuclear Explained. According to the International Energy Agency, nuclear power capacity needs to double by the year 2050 if net zero goals are to be achieved. In this next segment, Jeffrey Donovan of the IAEA speaks with Bill Gates. Gates is the founder of Breakthrough Energy and founder and chairman of Terra Power. He will talk about meeting energy demand with nuclear and the potential of advanced reactors. Advanced reactors, including SMRs, small modular reactors, offers options for more countries to add nuclear to their energy mix. Check out our previous episodes on nuclear reactors to learn more about SMRs, how this technology generates electricity, and the challenges to deploy nuclear power. Bill Gates, thank you very much for speaking with the IAEA. You're doing a lot of work on the issue of climate change and the climate crisis, but now we have the energy crisis. Uh, how is this convergence of crises uh, affected opinions on, on nuclear power? Well, climate is getting 
more attention as it should. And people are realizing that you need, you know, almost three times as much electricity, even in rich countries and then in poor countries to uh, enable their economies, you need dramatic increases even beyond that. And so if they look at that and say, oh, we also want it to be reliable. That is when it's super cold, we still want, uh, if you have electric heating, that to work. When it's super hot, we want air conditioning to work. And unfortunately, the uh, solar and wind, which will play a gigantic role, trying to use that alone without a, a miracle in storage that we don't expect at all, it just doesn't uh, create the solution. And so having a non-weather dependent, you know, completely green, reliable form of energy generation that can be cheap enough means that there will really uh, have to be some nuclear in that equation. So nuclear is the perfect partner for renewables? Uh, the two can go together extremely well. You know, in fact, uh, the TerraPower design and perhaps some other uh, next generation designs, it can change and generate over the 24 hour period when the renewables are not uh, fully available. So it can shift out of that, you know, sunny, windy period of the day where, uh, you know, we should just let the renewables do, do their thing. And so designing a reliable grid that takes the nuclear piece and that renewable piece that's an incredible opportunity and, and we, we need to do it. Do you believe that the, the public acceptance issues that still surround nuclear power can be, can be adequately addressed? Well, there are countries that uh, you know, are going to the, their population saying, hey, this, this is important. And so I think those countries like the US, France, UK will lead the way I do think it's important for the other countries who won't be in the vanguard to stay open-minded because you know, not only is the history of nuclear power relatively safe compared to other ways of making energy, the opportunity for a new design to be dramatically safer, you know, not have an afterheat uh, problem, uh, for example, is actually quite exciting. And, and so it, the energy of the leading countries uh, is much higher than ever before. And you know, trying to back approaches that get rid of the economic problem. I mean, nuclear really, uh, the acceptance thing is, is very, very important. But the reason nuclear has gone down somewhat is because the cost of third generation plants disappointed people, the amount of time and money that went into those. And so we need a design that uh, puts us in another level economically, less than half uh, the cost of what's come before. But with that comes a chance to build in passive safety systems uh, that I hope people take a hard look uh, and understand that the record, you know, per unit of energy generated uh, is, is relatively quite good. Um, you know, none of the sources of electricity today are completely without negative side effects. 
How important do you see the role of international cooperation, for example, through the IAEA, to facilitating the safe and secure deployment of advanced nuclear technologies? Well, it's absolutely critical. Uh, nuclear is very complicated, and we can't expect every country independently to figure it out. Also, the issues of avoiding proliferation, those are very complicated, and the world depends on uh, the, the global agency to have that expertise. You know, we don't want to have it so that you, every country has to have its own nuclear industry. You want, whether it's making um, fuel, making the parts for the equipment, you know, reviewing the safety. We want the combination of global thinking uh, so that that, that uh, is done the best it, it can be. So, you know, climate is means that we need nuclear uh, solutions, and that's going to only come through global cooperation. Bill Gates, thank you very much. Thank you. You can watch Jeff's full interview with Bill Gates on IAEA.org. You're listening to Nuclear Explained. There are 32 countries around the world already using nuclear power, and around 30 other countries that are either embarking on or considering adding nuclear to their energy mix, including Bangladesh and Ghana. In our energy transition program, Nuclear energy featured strongly because of its ability to drive our goal towards net zero. This is Robert Sobaji from Ghana's Ministry of Energy. In the next episode of Nuclear Explained, he will tell us more about Ghana's road to introduce nuclear into their energy mix. Here's an interesting fact. The amount of nuclear power currently generated around the world already reduces carbon dioxide emissions by about one gigaton per year. That's equivalent to taking more than 200 million cars off the road every year. Go to iaea.org podcasts for information and resources related to this episode and more. We also wanna hear from you. Have a question, feedback, or interesting fact to share? Email us at nuclearexplained at iaea.org. And don't forget to subscribe to Nuclear Explained to learn more about the world of nuclear and how it impacts our daily lives. You can find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. I'm Joanne Liu. Thanks for listening to Nuclear Explained brought to you by the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency. You have been listening to Nuclear Explained.